This is Real Talk. Hi there, I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, creatrix and founder of The Happiness Clinic. I'm the world's premier nerd on communication and relationship dynamics, helping make relationships easier by showing you how to get out of your way, how to get more of you in your life so that you can be happy as fuck. Hi there. I'm Dr. Joy Lamaniachi, and welcome to Power Hour. I forgot to flip my screen, so my shirt says Happy AF, in case you can't read backwards. So, I'm taking one second here to get us up on the big screen. And I am so excited to talk to you today, realizing that last Wednesday, a week ago, we were uh, having to take care of some, you know, real-life stuff. I had to go get... A new car because life is as it is and that had to happen and it included a road trip which I like so uh, it ended up being pretty good but I didn't get to talk to you in real time I did give you a video though so I hope that you tuned in and enjoyed that and uh, but I'm so happy to talk to you today lots has happened in the last week where do I even begin I suppose I will start with, well, hmm, because I said there's, there's lots that's been coming in, couple of emails, and a really interesting interaction with someone who was trying to get into the group and use the group. And I guess this is, this is as good a time to any, I'll just jump in and start anywhere because we'll get to all these things. But there was somebody who came in and wanted to be part of the group. And are you looking, you know, wanting relationship coaching? And so I reached out to them and said, you can message me or email me and let me know. This is your chance to have free coaching. Just let me know what is on your mind and we can address it. You can join live so that you can interact. And instead continue to just send a lot of messages on both platforms, email and Facebook Messenger. And what I noticed, and I tried to have a lot of space for this person because I know when I'm pressed against a corner, I am not the easiest person to deal with. And when I'm in a lot of pain and it looks like shit's falling apart, I start to get even more impatient as far as wanting something to change really fast or wanting to just to know something is going to go in the direction that I'd like. So I could sort of see that this is how this person was behaving, but it was very reactive as far as never letting me know what the actual issue was to where we could address it here and actually have some real talk about a real question that he had or that I could even po uh, point to a specific blog or podcast that might actually address that. I had also told him, hey, here's a coaching program that I offer set up an initial consultation and he never set up an initial consultation. It was all just very reactive and you've got to help me, you've got to help me, you've got to help me right now. And how many times have we actually been in that place of it's got to change, oh my God, do something, you've got to help me, you've got to help me, but we don't even slow ourselves down enough to actually be coherent. And that's why I talk so much about communication dynamics because when we communicate that way, it's hard to even have someone contribute to us because we're just sort of spinning and in such a tiz that we can't even 
ask clearly for what it is we need to where a contribution could then be offered or a resource pointed to. And then when we're in such a spin, even when somebody is trying to be there for us, it's like we're just oblivious and we don't receive it. And what also happens is then, like with us spinning that way, you can imagine like in physics, when a tornado, it creates a lot of wind that, you know, well, you know, they can actually suck in. But anyways, to actually start pushing that contribution away. Because after two days of trying to clarify and actually help this person out, to me, it was clear, you're so stuck in this and it's actually becoming, and, and I know I don't want to use this word lightly, but abusive in the way that you're communicating because you're still not giving me information so that I could actually help you, but instead sending a desperate message, you've got to help me, and then right immediately right away saying, why aren't you answering me? And, and to where it, it was, they exited the group on their own and I have told him I will not readmit because that is not respectful communication. And it is sometimes tough when you just have to hold the line. And when I hold the line, I have a knowing that this is tough love and it is the most loving thing that I can do for him. But how I prevent myself from being a total superior asshole is I actually act on my own behalf. That's just not communication that I am going to tolerate. Like I said, I did my very best to hold space and know that I have been in that space and communicated that way sometimes. So it's not about judgment of you shouldn't do that or, oh, that's so beneath you or immature. Oh, that's so disrespectful to me. But at some point it, it is disrespectful to me. And I am going to say, this doesn't meet my standard. If you would like to communicate with me, if you would like to work with me, here is the standard. And it is going to require respectful communication, partly just because that's the niche that I work with. I work with people who have some presence, self-awareness. I work with a lot of empaths who actually have so much awareness. They just don't even know how much information they're getting. But that's the people that I work best with and, and to have that kind of interaction with. And so, so far, that's the only person that's ever behaved that way in this group. And I'm so, so glad because I really do want to be a resource for you. And I really am here for you. And that's why I love when the questions come in, because then I know what to be talking about and giving to you. And, and if you, and just, I guess, to notice that there actually is a lot of chaos going on outside to where if we do take that in, just if you start spinning or noticing that things are going haywire and you feel like you're asking for something, but that's not what's showing up, just to take a step back and look at what am I asking for? Am I clearly communicating? Because miscommunication ends up being so expensive. And, and it's funny, I was talking with my friend and you know, I told her like my dad, like in my household growing up, everybody communicates loudly and that's just how it's done. And if somebody's not getting something, you just elevate the volume and they're problem solved, right? 
that I studied abroad in Spain when I was in college and my parents came to visit and my dad is like screaming at the clerk. I think we were just at, at a fast food restaurant or something during the day. And, and he's, and I was like, dad, they can hear you. They don't speak English. <laughs> like, and how many times do we actually communicate that way? We'll just escalate the volume, increase the frequency, but it's not that the words are the, like that wasn't the problem, it's actually the clarity of the message wasn't there. And miscommunication can be so expensive. For example, the peace talks of the Vietnam War actually broke down because they started arguing about the shape of the table to where when they were actually having peace talks to try to resolve it, it ended. No talks because they couldn't decide on the shape of the table. And I'm unclear about whether they were asking for something it wasn't given or I don't know. But still, really? World leaders having childish arguments. It happens. And uh, I can't remember, 2010, I think it was New Jersey, lost tens of thousands of dollars because of tax code from New York that they just didn't read. And so they were missing out on a lot of money that they could have had or something, but they just, it, it was, it was in print. They just didn't read it. And the average American divorce costs $15,000 average. That's uncomplicated by custody or other things. And so much of what causes a relationship to break down is miscommunication. It's refusal to listen. It's not being able to speak effectively so that you can be heard. And both of those are going on for both people. And when we get into these hurt and stuck places, the pain just speaks and it's loud and it's brash and it sometimes doesn't even make sense. And that then tends to be the level that we operate on on the daily. And so it's no wonder that it starts to go downhill and nosedive. So that is why I so much talk about communication as far as sometimes it is simple, not always easy, but simple adjustments and corrections to how we are communicating, becoming aware to how and what we're communicating that can really have a huge impact on our happiness and the health of our relationships, including our relationship with ourselves. So when I emailed him, whether he read it, understood it. I think not because I still kept getting uh, requests until I learned how to block that. Um, that I just, I asked him, I said, please examine your behavior. What you're doing now is not working for you because now the coaching that you'd like to have is no longer available to you because I'm not, I'm not going to spend half of my coaching time just trying to have you calm down and get to a point like there is some things that there's just a level of demeanor and respect and presence that's going to have to be necessary for this program to even work for you so i just wanted to get that out there but it feeds into one of the other things that i was talking or wanted to talk to you about is i wrote uh i sent out an email if you guys aren't on the email list i would love for you to get on the email list and i will see about how i get a little tabby in here to get on there it's uh, the consistently inconsistent email from Dr. Joy Lynn. So it's not like you get daily or even weekly emails. It's sort of when I can sit down long enough to type a coherent message. But yesterday I recognized that I was eating mini marshmallows by the handful. And let me tell you about marshmallows. 
they don't really taste like anything. And they have zero nutritional value just about, so it's not like they really even satisfy a craving. I've never heard of anybody say, I really am craving marshmallows. I've never said it, but I was eating it. And so finally, and I wish it was only like yesterday, it was like two days I was doing this. And finally I was like, what am I doing? And I just recognized I had gotten so out of balance and partly because of this interaction with this person, like barraging me, like constantly hammering on my consciousness and trying to, uh, like it's, it's just sort of a chaotic sort of interaction. And then with all that is going on on Facebook, I, I have easily slipped into engaging in conversations with people who have no interest in listening in learning, in actually communicating and connecting, who have seemingly no interest in creating a future. Like they all just wanna have this conversation about mask, no mask, white, black, you're a racist if you need to read these books. And, and even people who are very educated and that I have respect for, but constantly putting up these posts with really snarky digs at the opposing, their opposing viewpoint aside. And I just, I have just been getting fatigued and, and sometimes feeling alone. Like, am I the only person that sees that this back and forth is the problem? That no matter who wins the back and forth, we've been fighting for scraps. That so much of all of this is because of a, an insanely skewed wealth distribution but nobody wants to look at the actual problems. And then when, when I start getting into those conversations and I get triggered and I start going down the rabbit hole and then we had a couple of days of rain and it's just been soggy so I haven't been able to go outside and run the way that I like. And I just like, I wasn't me. And happily it is getting quicker and I recognize it sooner when I've gone down the tubes and yesterday, for whatever reason, I looked at my hand with marshmallows in it and I was, what is this? And it was, it was me not being me. Eating things that I don't really have a craving for, eating things I don't really want. Uh, participating and putting my thought and time and energy into things that don't matter. Because what I really want to be a part of, usher in, facilitate and be a resource for, is the conversation about the future. And in doing that, and, and, and to be happy as fuck, when you take a step towards happiness, the shit that was in your way will show up. This is the process. It will show up so that you don't have to dig to find out what has been holding you back. That's what general counseling, I find, that's the paradigm in general that they go for, is try to dig, uncover, because to some extent, a little bit, we know where it's keeping our stuff, but maybe we need more details, we need more information, we want to satisfy the intellect and understand where it came from, but we dig into that before we move forward, thinking that that will somehow make the road a smoother, straighter path. But really, it comes down to your choice and the power of your choice to move forward. And as soon as you take a step forward, that shit will show up. And here's the thing to keep in mind. 
when it shows up and it is in your face, it is coming up to leave and it is your job to take a step away from it. Because when you do that, you, when you take a step away, you've brought in your perspective. So it isn't quite in your face. Like the thing that I remember so much is I, at one point got a 10 series of Ralphing, which is a really amazing uh, type of body work. And he was actually a martial arts master, the, the guy who did the Ralphing. And he talked about that in martial arts, they always talk about an agreement. In order for you to get hit in the face, you have to be there. You agree to be in the time and space where that fist can connect. All you have to do is break that contract. You break that agreement and you're no longer there. You no longer get hit in the face. To where so many times we become victims of our own circumstance. Oh God, my feed is just full of negativity. Every time I get on Facebook, it's more of this. And that's how I was operating. And I was like, what am I doing? I am totally abdicating the power of my choice. I am acting like a victim here and a big fucking whiny baby. And I'm not laughing or having fun with my life. Boo. Hello, reactive, uh, slow dummy. Okay, that's what I was being. To where it's, you know what Facebook's allowed? You can snooze people. You can unfollow them. You can unfriend them. To where I'm, I've started to do that so that the, the feed that I get is now more in line with the conversations that I'd like to have. You can give me cute puppies and kittens all day. Happy posts. Because there is good shit happening. Do you know I've talked to several clients in the last two weeks who have felt guilty about being happy because of all that's going on outside? That is... No! If you need permission, I will grant it. It's okay to be happy even if nobody else is. And quite honestly, when we choose to be happy, that is the biggest, boldest contribution we can make to world peace possible. Because as long as we're operating on this polarity, conflict, different, antagonistic sort of polarizing viewpoints, it's just a tug of war. It's a back and forth. We're not going to get anywhere with that planar model. That's two-dimensional. We have to transcend. And how you do that is to raise your vibration. And love, love is, it's high gratitude, calm, calm is higher, happiness. These are all raised frequencies to where when we actually choose those, what happens Physiologically, our brainwaves change. We have more access to the creative parts of our brain. So we're not just stuck battling the same thing. All of a sudden there's like an, aha, let's try this. And we also have a broader scope because when you're in stress beta brainwaves, you get the tunnel vision. It's part of the survival mechanism. But when you choose and say, hey, I'm going for thrival instead of survival, and it's funny that even what we're fighting for survival from is just an opposing viewpoint that's not even real. But once we say, hey, I'm going to step back, I'm going to step out of this, that step back 
that step out of your own cesspool pit emotional addiction dance that that we've been doing as soon as you step out of that you have a broader scope you have more awareness to where more win-win is possible and you can see it and then just don't do what i do and then wait for validation from the outside and say i guess I'm imagining things. I guess I'm stupid. I guess I'm insane because it seems like nobody else is seeing this. I must be wrong. That is a very, very characteristic uh, move by empaths is we look outside for the validation of what we know and see inside. And that is how we stop ourselves all the time. And in the 90 day relationship model, we work a lot on Knowing that you're an empath and you're getting so much information and you can see a lot and handle a lot of information that doesn't make sense for you to know, but that it's, it's real, it's true. And so to stop fucking yourself by looking outside for the validation, because there are quite literally things that you can see and that you're aware of that other people aren't. And that's, that's happening. And then to then what we can do is ask for people who can hear us, for people who can join us, for people who can contribute to this conversation and these actions, because they are there. There are people who are waking up, who are looking at, okay, the system is broken. People are hurting. What's next? How do we create a life and a future that is beyond not this? And if it's not this, what is it then? And there are people having those conversations and find them. And you will see how your body changes and how there's more laughter in that conversation. And the conversations just flow and dovetail into different things. And it's, it's just fun and you feel lit up from that. It's possible, it's available. We just have to know, recognize what's happening. And then it becomes available. And I talked about tangoing with the emotional addiction and when you take a step forward what was holding you back will present itself this very weekend some events occurred that really made it so abundantly clear it's like the the blue pill you just you can't go back that there were dynamics in my marriage that were not working and it got to the point where even in a calm space the what next was i said i'm not going to fix this what we're working with is being propped up by good memories and it's not working it's not sustainable i am not going to fix this fix the light here it's a funny looking light oh whatever but and and you know just being clear uh, and what does that mean? Most people then traditionally say, okay, I guess we get divorced then. And we sort of knew we could see a future together, but that the vehicle we were in was not going to get us to that future. Like I, I was talking to my friend and I was like, if you want to cross the ocean, you don't get in a go-kart. You are not going to be able to make it across the ocean. So that if we are going to get to the future that we have seen and outlined together, the marriage that we were in actually had to die. And so we, we said, okay, that's what we're 
let's do that. We have no idea what that means. We know that we are creating a ceremony and we are going to burn the vows that we wrote for each other on our first one because it, it really, it's got to die. The memories are still there and they're great and it's good. But then the very next day, and I don't think it's, well, it's a coincidence, but like, ugh, I went to start my car, the car that I went and bought last week, and it didn't start. It wouldn't start. Battery, radio's on, click, 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 but it won't turn over. Oh, wow. This normally blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh, whitey uh, became the Incredible Hulk. I may have actually turned green. The rage was uh impressive scary mm. and and i and and it was just i i then texted my friend afterwards i said oh i just uh tripped over my emotional addiction and face planted that because i did not handle it well and it's interesting, but having gone through the coaching that I have to be speaking and writing about the material that I have, I knew that's what it was. We had chosen to take a step in another direction. So everything, everything that has been holding you back will show up. Not always at once, but it will present itself. And this was one of the patterns that I had that was contributing to the problems. I know where it came from. My dad, our, his temper is almost like laughable, you know, like we just knew that with some construction projects, four or five tools were going to be damned to hell. Um, there would be some really new creative phrases like he is good at creating uh, curse word phrases and it's, they don't make sense, but sometimes they're funny. But you just knew, OK, it's time to let leave dad alone. I'll go away from this little project area. And, and it's just so and, and that's how I've seen me and my sisters behave in traffic. When you've done everything you were supposed to do, you left on time, you've got your snacks planned, like you've got your route, and it's just not moving. And son of a bitch, or whatever, just, ugh. and I've been the one in the passenger seat and being like, whoa, this is a little, uh, maybe a little much for the situation, like it's not that big of a deal, but then I so easily can fall into that myself. And it showed up, and I just, I finally saw what it was it was it was an emotional addiction i was a rageaholic now i've done a lot of work so it doesn't come out nearly as frequently as it did you know when i was in when i was younger so it's it's been easier to say oh see i'm i'm doing my work but to a certain extent it was still there it was still operating and i saw me and i was just like wow this 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 behavior, this choice, this dance with this emotional addiction is not going to get me to the future that I'd like to have. Because if, if I bite off the bite that I'm looking to bite off and create what I'd like to create, I'm going to have some way more serious issues than my car won't start. And I live with a fucking mechanic. I mean, he's not professional, but he's really good with cars. So there, I blew up about something that actually could be handled then. And, and I also saw how comfortable I had become with living and dancing with that emotional addiction. And all of it was humbling. And in our household, we, uh, the word nugget is popular. Our little stamp dog is our cuddle nugget. And in our new marriage that has begun, we are each love nuggets because equality, there was a unequal power distribution 
that's set up by this reality. Let's face it. It wasn't just like, neither, but it just, it wasn't working. Like husband and wife has kind of been a sticky issue. We'll still be that legally, keep all that stuff, but we are love nuggets. We are, you know, cause love nuggets stick together and that's uh, got some other stuff. Anyways, but so that I, I came home and I told my husband, I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I was an incredible Hulk nugget just then. And okay. And and what's great is at this point now, there's so much less judgment. So it's not about how ashamed I am or embarrassed. It's just, wow, I saw it. And in that moment, I actually danced with it. But now I see it's showing up so I can walk away and do something different. And I can trust it'll probably show up one more time. But I, I think I will recognize it better. And I'll be able to step away faster. And that's the work. And it's just with the marshmallows that I was nearly inhaling... It's getting faster and easier to recognize, hey, I'm not me. I don't have the energy I normally have. I'm not thinking creative thoughts. I'm in kind of a bad mood. I haven't laughed for days. And I'm recognizing that sooner to be like, okay, how can I pull my energy back to me? And you just ask those questions. What makes me feel really alive? What lights me up? What brings me joy? And for me, it's when is the last time I have danced or sang? Because those are two things that will quickly get me out of a real funk. The thing is, when you're in a funk, sometimes you don't want to choose those things. But if you do choose them, they will usher you out. It's just I have to change from looking at the irritation and the problem to looking at the joy and the future that I'd like. Because if you're just like, yeah, I just don't want to feel this, you still haven't highlighted what else there is to choose, what else is available. The ideas can't come. And there's a million excuses, there's a million reasons, but really underneath it's because we have become so comfortable with this dance and this pattern. But we have nothing to gain by lying to ourselves, minimizing it. We also don't get anywhere by overly exaggerating and shaming ourselves for doing what it is, but just to recognize, okay, this is, this is what my choices up to this point have gotten me. And now let me put more energy and attention, thoughts, questions, journaling, whatever it takes. Let me put more attention and energy into what I would like to have. And then start asking questions like, well, well how do I get more of that in my life? What is it that I used to do? And here I'm going to have to, uh, I have to give uh, the phone some juice. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, down to 10%. That's not going to get us through. All right. Is that charging now? Can't tell. Well, if this cuts out, it's because I put in the wrong power cord and something's not working, but hopefully that uh, is going to work. So I just looked at my computer screen. If there's any questions coming in, but I was like, oh, I'm gone. I was just gone there. So that is a lot of what has been coming up over the last week and especially highlighted in the last two days. And flowing from that and concurrent with that, I started a podcast super stoked about this real talk with Dr. Joy Maniachi. It's the Happiness Clinic podcast and I'm working with my friend and and we have these real talk just conversations about relationships 
communication and what's been up in the air is is a lot of the racism stuff and and we were having a conversation about that it was really long actually broke into three episodes but then what came up is in in no way did we touch on all the aspects of racism not even close but at some point when do we move on to something else how do we move on to something else because what I see a lot of people do is keep going into the archives and bringing up more evidence about how long it's been, how bad it's been, how not subtle it's been, and why do people miss it? And and it's it is a choice, but at some point we have to choose to change the subject. And that doesn't mean we no longer talk about race or racism, but we have to change the subject to, well, what next? Sometimes that is just a complete conversation change. I have noticed, and, and what's interesting, you and I as individuals and our relationships are microcosms of what's going on outside. Because even though me and my husband are both white, there will be a lot of the same fundamental things going on in our relationship that you can see mirrored outside. People not listening to each other, us being so concerned about being right and having our point of view heard, going into the past for looking for evidence to present. And, 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 oh, let me touch on this real quick. Your point of view creates your reality. Your point of view creates your reality. Your reality does not create your point of view. So these things that we call evidence are actually things that we have pulled in to our lives rather than them actually being evidence that uh, something is happening. Let me highlight this. When my husband goes on trips, if he likes to go camping or mountain biking or snowboarding and he wants to go overnight or something, inevitably it happens that we will agree that this is fine. This is great. You go have fun. I need the house to myself. It's a win-win. No problem, right? But he takes something that I need with him. The dog's leash, it's been that four times. This other time I was going to record a podcast, he took the microphones that I needed to record them. It's always something. And then my car did its little thing while he was gone. And it was, you know, just a very stressful and he's unavailable. And he keeps saying, why do you always need me when these things are going on? Like... You, this always happens. And to me, I'm like, yes, you keep taking things that I need. We've actually agreed this was a win-win. I was happy to let you go. I was happy to support you in your endeavors. And I was gonna get some time and quiet space that I needed. Like, how I did not create this. You did, you, you keep sabotaging, and he does. He has a point of view, it's weird. Who he projects onto me is some ex-girlfriends and things that, that I'm always trying to take his time. I'm trying to diminish his ability to be him and do his thing. Like that's part of the old marriage that was like, this is bullshit. It's got to go. But I know that not just one side could create that. There was this dynamic because both of us were really being impacted. And after that rageaholic episode I actually went for a run got the car started went for a run and that's why I need because that's where a lot of clarity comes that I had a point of view 
I don't want to trust you. That is a scary place and a lot of vulnerability that I went there with my first love and trusted him head over heels, all that, and my heart was smashed. And I don't remember saying, I'll never trust anybody again, because if anybody said that, I was like, well, that doesn't sound very fun. Sounds like a life of mistrust. That's not very fun. But I had something deep, and maybe it happened before then. Maybe I brought it in from a past life. I don't know. But I saw clear as day, I don't want to trust you. So I, the universe delivers that and has situations where I need you and you're not available. So there's like, this is how the universe works. It's delivering both of us saying, yes, your point of view. Yes, you get that. And that's how it's showing up to where it's like, okay, we have to dismantle and deprogram and reevaluate the points of views that we have because that is not going to get us into the future that we'd like to have. I am going to have to trust. It is going to be scary. That's a lot of vulnerability to trust somebody to that extent. And we have a lot of trust, so it looked actually pretty good. Like it was good enough, but it wasn't. I was still holding back from myself and from him. And him doing the same. Really not trusting me to be someone who actually contributes to him. He likes to think that he can do it all on his own, and he's kind of like the lone wolf type. And But he's really loving and cuddly, so that's not who he really is. Do you see how we disguise these points of views? And we disguise our emotional addictions? They're just sneaky. All they are is programming, but here's what. They are addictions, they are habits, and they don't extinguish themselves. They will present themselves to you when you take a step in the direction that you'd like, and then it is up to you to take a step away, to pivot away from them, to say our dance is ending. And because they don't extinguish themselves, you're going to have to put effort into that. And sometimes what that takes in bringing this all together is changing the conversation. I'm going to have conversations that engage and enliven and energize my future instead of having conversations that are looking to the past and bringing up evidence and pulling my past into my present. I'm going to actually have to change this conversation, the entire content, because at this time it's too emotionally charged and I'm too likely to go into the past and into all the hurt and pain and anger that I actually just have to change the conversation. And that's actually one of the things we had to do this weekend is my pattern is that when he apologizes, I will remind him of what he was apologizing for. Uh, because some, it's just sort of like I... I either don't feel like he's sorry enough or I just don't really know where to go from there. And the conversation like about this, so I started over again and we're back to the same conversation. He actually does the opposite and we will be moving along and things will get better and he will apologize again. But it brings us both back to that conversation and reminds me of the pain when I thought we had actually already apologized, received started the reconciliation and then he like rewinds and puts us there so it can show up in a lot of different ways to where we actually just had to agree okay we're just going to change the conversation this isn't over because we haven't gotten it all figured out but it also needs a little bit of space to breathe and 
then as we take more steps, some shit will show up and some of it like that was just mine to deal with. It wasn't really anything that we needed to do together. That was like, oh, that that's my piece. Okay, I see that. But being willing to see it, acknowledge it, and then continue to move in the direction that you'd like. And that, that is what I want to be part of. That is what I want to contribute to. That's what I like to talk about. And in that there is so much more fun. And the shit's going to come up. So it's not like spiritual bypassing. We're not just going for happy feelings and smothering our pain and love and saying, shut up, look at this. You know, it's, it's not the distractive type. It's actually authentic happiness. We're going to have to look at the shadows, you know, to open the closet door and face them. But we don't have to clean out the closet in its entirety before we even decide to move forward. I know I have lots of metaphors in here, and I'm just trying to get it very clear that you don't have to dig in before you take a step. When you take a step, what's been holding you back will present yourself, and that is when we will look and do whatever it takes, whatever is necessary to get yourself untangled and unsnared from that so that you can continue on your journey to higher levels of living and loving, more laughing, laughing together, having more enlivening conversations, pulling in a new group of people into your life that say, I love what you're thinking. I love where you're going. Oh my goodness. And it, it just starts to build. And then that's when we're in the creative process. We're not reacting to shit all the time. We're actually creating. And it's, it's just more fun. It's, it's, it's more satisfying. It's more of the shit that gets you to just want to get out of bed because you got shit to do and it's exciting stuff. And Anna is asking, what do you do to take a step? So I wrote that in the email today. And one of them is when you find yourself doing stuff like eating a handful of marshmallows that you're not uh, hungry for, that have absolutely no satisfactory craving, when you find yourself having conversations that it, where you just you feel a little bit more crunchy being in them or after them than you did when you started, first of all, just pause. Just don't do anything else. Sometimes it's just take a breath. And I had a client yesterday. She's looking into meditation and I had some teachers, the fastest meditation it works is this. Uh, but it has to be audible and you have to let it go all the way down to your belly. But it's short, but ah, such an opening word that even though it doesn't feel like enough, that is a step because it puts a little bit of space between you and your reaction. A spoonful of Nutella, Possibly. I think there are some times when that's absolutely it. And there's sometimes when you know you're just distracting and going to feel worse about yourself. Only you can know the difference. So just pause. And then you start asking yourself, how am I going to feel after I complete this action? And if it's one of those where you're just like, mm, I'm going to wish I didn't need that. I'm going to feel guilty and feel like I have to do that. Then don't choose that. Oh, if I go into this conversation, I know I'm just going to be irritated. Oh, I'm actually in Facebook and I needed to be writing this email. Start realigning your actions so they are congruent with what you'd like. Another way to take a step is to start journaling. Start getting in touch with and familiar with what is it that I would like. Because a lot of us 
if something's showing up and we don't like it, then all we know is I don't want this. But that isn't enough to actually move us. It's the beginning of the motivation to seek something else. But in order for us to actually have something else, we have to have a better idea of the target. So start journaling, like voice notes, reading materials, like just what is it that I would like to have? I'd like to have, for me, I know I need to have a core and inner circle that lifts me up. I'm tired of having people where I feel like I'm always having to prove myself, prove my point, speak over people, fighting to be heard. That a lot of very much models my family growing up, but then I've, I've, I recreated that in my life a lot. And now I'm like, that doesn't work for me. It's not that any of those people were bad, but they weren't my audience. And I've started calling in people to where now I have people are like, Joylene, you should do a podcast. This is cool. I had never even thought about that. It was somebody else's idea, but now I'm seeing it's fun. Oh, and I can talk forever. So good match. But I have more people who are there lifting me up and who are more receptive to the contributions and willing to ask for me to be there for them, which is also something that I really want. It is so gratifying to be able to contribute to people. So start like, what is it that I would like? And if it's something with your body, it's not just what's the number on the scale, but what would I like to feel like? When I have the body that I really do feel comfortable in my own skin, what's actually different and how do I actually feel? How will I know that I get there? Because a lot of times the numbers are such a small piece and, and often so judgmental of a piece that they don't really motivate us that well. So how will I feel when I have this? If it's a career move, how will I feel? Who do I have to be in order to have this? If you're, in, if you're an entrepreneur, you're almost on the daily up against your own limitations about who you think you're supposed to be for other people, who you wanna be, how you wanna show up, what's right, what's wrong, is this gonna help, is this? And it's a lot of mental chatter. But who are the people that I admire the most are the people who just are willing to make a choice and roll with it. That doesn't mean they're gonna, once, it's, once they recognize it's not working, then they don't fight harder to make it work. But that they're willing to go take imperfect action, but take action that they think is going to move them in that direction and then readjust and course correct as necessary. The people who stay there and absolutely require absolute perfection before they do anything, um, are usually the people you never hear of and where I've been for a lot. Because I just, you know, I, I wanna avoid criticism, I wanna avoid ridicule, I wanna have something that I'm proud of. But to some extent, it's just like, okay, really it's, it's me. What do I wanna deliver? What do I think I can deliver? How can I do this to the best of my ability? And then just do it. Criticism be damned, who cares? That's, it's not even real. It's not even real. So what is it that I would like? I'd like to be a badass and be one of those people who are just like, yeah, I chose it. There it is. We rolled out. Whoops, that didn't work. Guess we won't try that one again. Oh, look at this is this is working so well. What the hell did I even do? I'm going to do more of that. But that's the more of the attitude that that I would like to be in my life and in my career. So what is it for you? What does success look like for you? What's it going to feel like? Taking some time to actually think those thoughts write those things down, and then you will notice that that 
starts to activate your reticular activating system and you will start having more synchronicities, people coming into your life at the right time, recommending a book or a blog or a podcast or something like that. And it just, then it starts to move forward like you're getting a gentle push, like just a boost. It's really, really great. And also know this about your reticular activating system. If there's something you'd like, and I'm gonna use the example from my past, when I so wanted to lose weight and that my body image was the biggest problem in my life and I wanted to be thin, thinner, whatever, that I would start seeing a million skinny people. And at that point, because I didn't have a healthy mindset, I thought that that was just sort of the universe's cruel joke to show me what I wasn't and what I'll never have. But let me tell you, that is not what it is. It is showing you exactly what you're asking for. And if you can see it, there is a way that it's possible. So then you just start asking what's available to move you in that direction. And when you are able to reframe and readjust your mindset to where you're like, oh my goodness, I'm seeing it, that means it's in my field. That means it's graspable. Okay, universe, start showing me how I can do this with greater ease. And that's when the magic actually starts happening. More synchronicities, easier flow. That's not to say problems and hiccups don't show up, but they just don't become so important. And that's when the emotional addictions come up you're so less likely to go into shame. I shouldn't have done that. That was a dumb thing to do. That you're just like, oh, there it is showing its beastly head to me. That ain't pretty. That's not what I want to do. Okay, the next time it comes up, I think I can recognize it and I'm going to step away. I'm going to say, thank you for the dance. We're done. That's when people show up and they are really disrespectful in their communication and ineffectively communicating that I can say, Hey, my heart is with you. I really do want you to be happy, but I've done everything I can to help you and you're still not listening. The conversation is over. And then if you start calling me names or anything, like we are definitely done. And I can say that without guilt. Just be like, I have too much awesome shit to do. I don't have time to get bogged down in this bullshit. And that's what I'm having to start to do with Facebook. And I can see where I can easily get engaged in proving a point or getting frustrated with other people's reactions instead of, well, what the hell am I creating? What am I inviting people to? Nothing, I'm just reacting to that stuff. So a better way to handle that or to respond is to be like, well, I'm just gonna start and offer and invite conversations that are interesting to me. I'm gonna start making my own memes. I actually think the cute little post that I had, I'll share it with you guys too when I'm done, uh, about um, the marshmallows, the the blog that I wrote. It, it has a cute picture, I think, adorable. But that is just to say, notice what you're doing. That when it's incongruent, just don't move into that further. Just take a breath, a pause, that is a step. It actually is a step, even though you're like static for a second, but it is allowing that space. And then start asking, what can I do instead? What else is possible? And then in the free time, making time, prioritizing time to energize your future and get some familiarity with what it's gonna feel like, who you're gonna be, what you'd like. And it's gonna start going from there. And then, 
I do invite you. If you would like more, I have a podcast. I'll put the link up with this post as soon as I'm able to edit that. I'll give you the link to the podcast. My blog is there. I love it when you guys write emails and message me because then I have something to write about. I do really well with prompts like this. But then I could write a blog or have a podcast or this power hour that is more tailored to information that you would like to have right now. So definitely feel free to message me, ask a question, throw it in here. That helps me out a ton. But I do have blog, podcast. I wrote a book, The Goddess's Guide to Breakups, which I think is we are breaking up right now with an old power structure. And that guide can actually be used for this, for how to flow with the process with greater ease. And then if you're ready to go and you're like, I want more of this, I definitely need more of me in my life. I just, I just want to have this on hyperdrive and quantum leap into a different future. Let's do the 90 day relationship remodel. It's awesome, if I do say so myself. It's video modules with a worksheet and then weekly individual coaching. You move so fast. My client, I, one of them, I just spoke with her yesterday and she's blowing me away with how quickly she's moving. And, and I mean, my heart is happy. And, and I'm just so happy that it, like more of us are waking up. More of us are taking the call and saying, yeah, if I am going to be the change I'd like to be in the world, I got to know who I am. I have to change my relationship. I have to start challenging my own limiting thoughts about who I am and what I'm capable of. And when you do that and remodel the relationship you have with yourself, all of the other ones start to reconfigure around that to where the relationships with family, with your partner, with your job, with your body, they all start to reconfigure and move in the direction of health. And if there is something that's unsustainable, it falls away. But you no longer fall to pieces. You just recognize that something couldn't be supported by the new upgrade. But you know, because of this 90-day relationship model, you have confidence to know, I'm going to be okay. And this change is happening. The bullshit showing up for me to take a step away from it. And some of these things falling away is because... That's what has to happen in order for me to have more of me and greater in my life. And me being me. Because when we are truly ourselves, we are more loving, more kind, more confident, happier to contribute to other people. So we lift people up instead of being competitive and envious. We lift them up and it's authentic. And we're able to recognize other people's contribution and strengths without feeling threatened or insecure that that's so cool about them and that's all there is to say about it that's so cool about them no longer uh shadowed or followed by oh i wish i had that it's just a different way of being and it's just elevating and i would love to work with you on that so spoonful of Nutella, always a tasty option. 90 day relationship remodel is like the whole shebang. Just gonna put that in there. So, all right, we are there at the end of Power Hour. Thank you so much for sharing this conversation with me. I love talking to you guys and I miss you 
when I don't get to, which sadly will actually be next week. I will make another video for you because I do want you to have something to watch. I just have a little, uh, I help some friends out at a winery and it's kind of fun, so I'll be doing that, but it just so happens to be at noon on Wednesday or the whole day. So I will pick up again the last week of June. I'll put something in here for you guys to have next week, but definitely message me, give me your questions, let me be a resource to you, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Have a good one. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. This podcast is made possible through listener support. So let's keep this thing going and have more real talk. No fluff, no bullshit. Go to the Happiness Clinic page on Facebook, and you can join the group Real Talk with Dr. Joylyn Maniachi. We can continue the conversation in Power Hour, the weekly group coaching, on Wednesdays at noon, Mountain Time. You can also go to IHappenToThings.com. Go to the podcast page and support this podcast. While you're there, check out my blog and even get a badass t-shirt from the Happiness Clinic. We've got so many ways to connect. Thanks again for listening, and I invite you to join me again in the next episode.